0: sat there this morning and stood there in your presence and remember that it was over 50 years ago that I heard the truth of the gospel, I'm still get emotional about what you've done and what you've offered, and what I was and who I am. and I look around this room and see my friends and my family and so many people whose lives have been radically transformed by the gospel of Christ and we get to sing and celebrate that every Sunday together. Well, thanks for that gift. Thank you for your grace and your love. For the story that we have the opportunity to celebrate and tell on a regular basis of what you've done for us and what you offer and why we gather together and sing with such confidence and power. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Dave, that was just a great set. Every Tuesday and Friday, on most occasions, Dave and I sit down and get the set together and look at the songs and When I look at it, somewhat two-dimensional, you see all the songs, I know the songs, I know the story, but when you sing it and celebrate it in light of what I'm about to share with you this morning and what we're going to do this morning, it just takes on a whole new meaning. So it's just a perfect, perfect setting together. Obviously, you may have noticed this morning things are a little bit different than what they normally are on a Sunday morning. The setting is a little bit different. I'm in a different location than what I've been the last four years. But we're here to celebrate this morning, and we're here to celebrate in this service and the next service in a public way, the transition that many have gone through. What we just sang about this morning, everything we sang about this morning, and all of these songs, we're going to celebrate this morning with three people in this service and six in the second. And we're just honored that you're here to be able to do it with us. I know not a lot of us think about this, certainly on a regular basis, but if I were to ask you, if you wanted to go to heaven when you die i got to believe that all of us, probably most of us, maybe all of us would have the exact same answer. Of course. Right? Now, if I ask you how you know for sure you're going to get there, then i got to believe we'd have a variety of answers. Things like, I went to church regularly. I went to community alliance. That's got to fit somewhere in the grand scheme of things. I've tried to live a good life. I've not hurt anybody. I mean, every once in a while, I want to choke my husband. But really, I haven't haven't ever hurt anybody at all. I've obeyed the Ten Commandments. I've read the Bible. I pray. When, When you pray, I bow my head. I pray. I've asked God to help me out of a lot of messes. That's got to count for something. I knew who to turn to when I was in those messes. They're all good answers. Just not the right one. And i got to believe that you want the right one when it comes to when you die, how do you know you're going to go to heaven, right? Of course. When Jesus was finishing up his ministry here on earth, he told us that he was going to leave. Now, he'd been telling his disciples that for probably two of the three years he was with them, especially a lot in the last few years. matter of fact, they knew his heading for Jerusalem was going to take a toll on them and certainly him. And they tried to stop him from doing that. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly where he was going. He came to them and said, look, I don't want you to be uptight. I don't want you to be worried. You know I'm leaving. I've already told you that. But I'm, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and leave, I'll come back and bring you to myself. We talked about that last Sunday morning in the context of the return of Christ. And then he was asked this question. How will I know where you're going? And how will I ever get there? And he gave what you and I, most of us who've been in church all of our lives, know is the classic answer. Through me, he said. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Not three ways to heaven, not five ways to heaven, not all roads lead to heaven, not a number of paths to heaven, one way through him. We just sang that this morning. I am the way, Jesus is the way. Everything we celebrated on Easter Sunday weekend regarding the death of Christ on the cross and his resurrection from the dead and everything we celebrated from last weekend's celebration of the second coming of Christ culminated together in what we're doing this morning here in baptism. I got four times as many comments on last Sunday morning's message than on Easter Sunday. So obviously it had an impact on us. We're excited. We know what's coming. We're looking forward to that day. We want to be able to see Christ. We want to be able to see the return of Christ. Jesus said, I'm coming back. I promise you, I am coming back. And I'm going to take you to where I am. The disciples had been with him for three years. He would have, I would have made an assumption they knew how to get there. Sometimes on a Sunday morning I make that assumption that all of you know how to get there. And then we realize not everyone does. And so Jesus wanted to clarify it for them. I certainly want to make sure on a regular basis we clarify it here. Jesus is the way. Scripture very clearly teaches us that we have absolutely no way of making it to heaven on our own. Our sin is too ugly and God is too holy and the gap between the two is enormous. Our sin is too ugly and God is too holy and the gap between the two is enormous. Now there are a lot of people that try to bridge that gap with a lot of good things, a lot of the ones that I mentioned a moment ago. They read the Bible, they go to church, they pray when they're in trouble, they pray before they eat, they think good living church attendance, it's got to be right, right, got to be enough. And in many cases, they're hoping it's enough. I took a class one time in psychology at St. Francis in Loretto, which just happens to be out near Evansburg, happened to be also uh, one that some other many knew about that. And one of my favorite writers, Brendan Manning, went there. I'm sitting in a class with people who are in a religious setting, and we talked about this within the context of that. And, And I looked at these ladies who I knew were in garb serving the church, and I talked about going to heaven, and I said, isn't it exciting to know that when we leave this world, we get to go see Jesus? And they looked at me and said, I hope so. You're serving God. You're in a church. You're hearing this on a regular basis, and you hope so? Don't you want to know so? Don't you want to know at the end of life? Don't you want to know before the end of life? That you know. I said yesterday in a service that I did at a funeral home, and many times that I've done it, and I know I've said it here before with you, and when I looked at that section of Scripture in Psalms, when he said Normally we'll live to 70 or 80, and, and a lot of the reason that was being clarified because the Israelites had a history of the Methuselahs who lived to 969 years old, and I said last Sunday morning about what it's going to be like to see Peter and Paul, and, and I want to see Methuselah and say, man, you look good for a 900-year-old guy. I mean, what does that look like? And then all of a sudden things were changing and God wanted to make sure they knew, okay, it's not going to be 120, 180, 900 years anymore, going to be around 70 or 80. I want you to know that right now. I don't want you to be surprised by that. So he says, in light of that knowledge, help me to use what I know wisely. Help me to use my life well. Help me to live my life well. Help me to really make sure that whatever time I get on this earth, I've done the best with what I know in regards to Christ and what I've done with this gift called life. And so I started ministry, assuming as I watched my senior pastor, I started doing funerals for 70, 80, 90-year-olds. And then I know I've told you before, I went to my first church, and the first four funerals were 21 and under. And my world changed, and my ministry changed, and my focus changed. And I began to remind people on a regular basis, look, life is really fragile and incredibly uncertain. Now, you've all lived long enough to know you know that. The one thing you want to be certain about when you leave this world, you're going to see Jesus face to face. And he's clearly given us the answer and clearly told us the way. Now, there are a lot of people think that if I just fill that gap with a lot of good things between my sin and God's holiness, I'll I'll be able to do it, and it's good enough. Others feel like they'll never make it, so they give up. And they end up giving to everything that's going to fill that hole in their soul. They'll fill it up with activity, with work, with relationships, sometimes alcohol and drugs. And sadly, they still come up empty. And what you and I need to remember is that neither one works. Trying as hard as we can to please God and be accepted by Him, or believing that this life is all you get, so it doesn't matter. Neither one works, and neither one is the right answer. What we celebrated over these last two weekends is what separates us from every other religion in the world. Do you realize that? That's why last weekend's celebration, Easter celebration, is so critically important for us to fully understand. And why we celebrate it so much. Other religions try to do everything they possibly can to please God or at least to try to get His attention. And so they'll do dances and they'll cut themselves and they'll sacrifice things and have burnt offerings and altars and, and idols of all kinds of things, trying everything they can possibly do to get God's attention. And the sad part, you have a conversation with any of them and you will ask them, did you get God's attention? Did he hear you? And they will say, I hope. I said that in a, Jewish city of Israel in Jerusalem, downtown Jerusalem, which you think, they've been hearing the gospel for a long time, 6,000, 7,000 years. Then I asked one of them, do you know that God heard your prayer? They're standing by the wailing wall. And he looked at me and said, I hope so. you got to want to know. That's the one thing you got to want to know yet they've tried to do everything they possibly can to get God's attention or get their small God's attention and they never really know what they do. And here in Christianity, we have a God who reached down to us and not only reached down to us, but came looking for us and offered us life, not just eternal life, but abundant life now. He said, I've come to give you life and allow you in the NIV translation to live it to the full. He offered to pay God's required price for our sin, all of sin, Come short of God's expectations, which is perfection. All of us have sinned. And the price of that sin or the wages of that sin, Romans tells us, is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And Jesus didn't just die on the cross as a martyr for a great cause. He died for our sin. He rose from the dead and he offered us life everlasting and an amazing future in heaven that we celebrated last Sunday morning. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has Prepared for those who love him. No mind, no matter how intelligent, can even conceive what God has prepared for us. And all of that journey begins. That knowledge, that certainty, that full understanding of when I leave this world and see Jesus face to face begins when I personally recognize my need for a Savior, I confess my sins, I invite Christ into my life, and I let him take control. And from that and there, everything in my life changes. I still remember the day when I bowed at my bed, a 12, 13-year-old kid and accepted Christ into my life. And I look back now, sitting here, standing here, singing this morning and celebrating the fact that it's been over 50 years, and I still get emotional. It's still overwhelming that God would have done that for me. And He, as we sang this morning, would have done that for me. And one of the reasons that we take this message to other countries, to our neighbors, to kids and families in downtown Butler that you're going to hear about in a moment is because we really do believe this message is the hope of the world. It is not just good news, and we call it good news, and I get that. It's great news. It's the best news. It is the only news. It is awesome news. And you and I have the opportunity to take that great, incredible news to the world, to everyone we meet, Around the world, to our neighbors, downtown Butler. As we absolutely know, it is the greatest message on the planet. What we're going to celebrate this morning is a public declaration of a personal decision. Scripture says on a number of occasions, repent, which means turn from my sin. This is the way I was walking. I was doing my own thing, headed my own life, running my own life. And now I, I walk away from that, I turn around, I start walking what in most cases, in overseas context, they call "walking the Jesus path." I, I'm following Christ. I have decided to follow Jesus. We sang that this morning. You repent, you turn away and be baptized. Now some churches teach repentance and baptism have to go together for salvation. We don't see Scripture teaching that at all. We do believe that it's a necessary step, a public declaration of a private decision, of a personal decision. Confess your sins, accept Christ as Savior, and let everyone know about that decision in public context, in baptism. That's why John did it publicly. Now, some will say, well, religion is a private matter. No, it's not. It may be a private decision, but you need to make a public statement. I am a follower of Christ. And he is the way, the only way. In CNMA circles, we believe that baptism is immersion, hence the tank. The word baptizo in Greek means fully submit, fully under, fully immerse. And so we do it that way here. We do it now in the last few years on a Sunday morning, so everybody gets the opportunity to celebrate it. We've encouraged people to invite their family or invite their friends because they're making a public statement. I accepted Jesus, and you're going to hear their story in a sentence or two this morning about when they accepted Christ. But that, in many cases, almost in all cases, was a private decision. Little gal I'm going to talk about in a second came up here after a Sunday morning. It was just her and I standing there in a letter to Jesus. She wanted to know for sure. But now, this morning, is a public declaration of what I've done, what Christ did. And it symbolizes that I've walked away from my old way of life, and I've got a new way in Christ. So when you go down under the tank, it symbolizes I'm no longer living that life. I'm no longer going that path, I'm no longer going that direction. When you come up out of the water, it symbolizes a brand, new life in Christ. And here at Community Alliance, we celebrate that. And so every time they come up out of the tank, man, we applaud. And you applauded last night when at a hockey game, for heaven's sakes, if you were there. It was a good game? It was OK? If you were there, you're screaming your head off, probably. And today we have the opportunity to really celebrate something significant in the lives of three people in this service and six in the next. And you won't see them in the next, but you're going to celebrate with them as well because we're a part of the family of God. Going into water symbolizes that. And coming up out of the water symbolizes a new life in Christ. The second Bob's going to come up, our executive pastor, and he's going to talk to you about why we do what we do overseas. And being able to take this gospel message everywhere we go and God's given us some opportunities and opened some doors over the last few years that we have walked through and we want to celebrate that this morning and what God's done and why we want to take this message in a very practical way downtown and minister to the people of Butler. And we're going to talk about that this morning as well and allow you to celebrate with us. Then I will come out at the end of the one video clip and we'll have the opportunity to celebrate. God, I thank you for your story. Thank you for what you've done in our lives and the fact that we can sing and we can celebrate what Christ has done for us on the cross and the fact that because he rose from the dead, we know we too will rise from the dead and see you face to face. Thank you for the decision that these have made in both services and for the last number of years or hundreds of people all over this audience who's made the same decision. And many of them, I pray you help them this morning just to remember that incredible moment when they accepted you as Savior. And they have the opportunity to, again, celebrate what you've done in their lives. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. Thanks, Dan. It's exciting to to see people be baptized here in just a few minutes. I want to tell you about a couple other things that are exciting. While I'm telling you that, the ushers are going to come forward and and receive the offering. So please do that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, In February, we sent a group of 14 people to the Dominican Republic. Now we've been going to the Dominican Republic since the year 2000. In fact, this June, 44 youth and some adults along with them, because we'd be crazy to send youth without adults, um, are going to go to the Dominican Republic as well and continue uh, ministry there. I, I want to show you a video in just a moment about some, uh, I'm going to show you some people that went on the trip. I'm going to tell you a little bit about their experience and you also get to see the people that we worked with and the church where we worked as well. Uh, One of the things I want to do this morning is on behalf of the team to say thank you for those that supported us by giving. Thank you so much for that. For those that supported us through prayer, thank you so much for that. It's, It's critically important. It's a privilege to be a part of a church that supports missions the way you all do. So thank you very much for that. This year, the trip, we were able to go back to the same church that we went to last year and continue a building process. And when we left to come home, Last year, we had, um, we had put block on the second story. You'll see some of that. But the first floor, the inside of the building was just mud and dirt. And in fact, there were, well, I would say timber, but it was really trees almost just holding up the floor that had just been poured, the ceiling. It was a mess inside. While we were, the, the year passed, they were able to complete that. And you'll see pictures of that. They're now using it to worship. And in fact, since we've come home, we went down on this trip to put on a roof, to put on a metal the roof, we began that process, and you won't see pictures of it, but they've actually completed that, and are now starting to use that second floor as well. So take a look at this at this video, and you'll get to see a little. About-
2: Hi, my name is Jack Getz. I've been coming to Community Alliance for a little over two years now. My name is Melissa Mato. I have been coming to Community Alliance for about 13 years now.
1: My name is Jim Maturak. Uh, I've been going to uh Community Alliance Church for 17 years.
3: Uh, my name's uh, Matt Mahan. I've been uh, going to Community Alliance Church my whole life. I am Chris Campbell. I've been coming to Community Alliance Church for about 10 years.
2: My name is Sarah Reed. I've been going to CIC since I was a little girl.
0: And this is the first mission trip I've ever gone on in my life. It was an extremely rewarding experience. I got to meet uh, a lot of people from the church and get to know them much better.
2: Uh, This is my second trip to the Dominican and it's always nice to go down there and just to get out of the bubble you're in in Butler and just to see other people worship in different languages.
1: I've been going to the Dominican Republic. I've been there uh, 10 times in 11 years. And uh, the one thing that amazes me most about uh, the people we go to help down there is. When I first started going, I I looked at how different they were, and um, over the years I've I've stopped looking at it that way, and I I get to see them now uh, as to how how much they're actually like us, and um, how much they uh, worship the same God, and um, how much they need uh, need help down there to expand uh, God's kingdom in the Dominican Republic.
0: One of the things about these missions trips is uh, each one is so different and you get to uh, meet so many cool people both uh, from the church and the people down there. Uh, One of my favorite things is just getting to interact and see people and uh, see people grow on the trip. It's a good opportunity to get to know people better from the church, get to know people um, on the mission field that uh, represent us and a good chance
1: to encourage them in the work that they're doing also.
2: Before the trip, I always knew that God was the God of all nations, but I could have never been prepared for what it was like to go to their church service on Sunday in the church that we were helping to build. The place was filled with Dominicans screaming, Amen, after every line of a pastor's prayer or of the sermon. It was great to hear them passionately praying. And then my favorite part was whenever the band was singing, Here I am to worship. And it didn't matter if they were singing the English half or the Spanish half, the entire church was singing all together and passionately in their own language the same song to the same Almighty God. And it was beyond words incredible.
1: Every time I talk about a trip like this, two things happen. First of all, I get excited because it's awesome to lead those trips and it's exciting, that's a great privilege. The second thing that happens though is I realize that only a few people can participate in a trip like that for various reasons. And we've been praying, and, and Denny's mentioned it a little bit, we've been praying that God would open an opportunity in which many people could participate. Many of you could participate. And I want to tell you about that opportunity, and it's exciting to me. In fact, I need to contain my excitement while I talk about it. We have a chance to help people in our community who are often forgotten often forgotten. We've spent a lot of time and money investing in people in the Dominican Republic and in other parts of the world. And we're not going to stop that. We want to continue to do that. We praise God for that opportunity. But now we have an opportunity to show people from Butler that we're willing to invest in them as well. Fishbone is a ministry that many of you maybe have heard of. It's a ministry that ministers to families and children right here in Butler, where we live, the main thing the ministry does is demonstrate God's love to people. Really, that they come in contact with, uh, they have once a week. They have a they provide a meal for elementary aged children, and then they have a, a really a Bible club. They talk about God's love for the kids. They interact with the kids. They love on those kids, and they teach them the Bible. Another night of the week, they do a similar thing, but of a different format for teenagers. The ministry is run by a man named Tom. Bowser, he's actually a member of Faith Fellowship Alliance Church, which is another Christian and missionary alliance church here in Butler. They are located in the neighborhood called The Island. If you don't know where that is, it's about five minutes from here. It's a little closer than the Dominican Republic. It's a shorter flight for sure. And our vision really is to help Fishbone improve their facility so that they can impact more lives for Christ. That's what we want to do. That's what the the project is that I want to talk to you about. Our desire really is to see lots of you involved physically in this project, and the project is very simple. We're gonna we're gonna transform a garage, a double garage, into a kitchen and a living area, so that they can prepare food for more people there, and the teenagers will have a place to actually hang out. And there's lots of things that that we need done. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about what we need done after you look at this video. That'll tell you a little more about Fishbone and the project that we're gonna do. So take a look.
3: Well, my name's Tom Bowser. Um, I'm with Fishbone Ministries we have been um, serving god in this community since 2002 Um, when we initially started it was because of a uh, close friend who had died of a heroin overdose and god put it on my heart to begin to reach the children of this city to make better decisions with their life and even turn their lives to christ um, within the last few months, few weeks actually, I think we've all seen um, how violence and desperation has escalated in this city and we're really hoping just to um, to develop things a little bit more down in this area um, to, to increase um, the usability of our facilities, um, to put in some sidewalks, um, to to enlarge the space, remodel the garage. Have a kitchen um, where we can feed um, the kids that come in from the community. Um, And really just give them um, a safe place to come. Um, to experience God's love and to hang out with, with adults um, that love them. If you've wanted to make
1: a difference in Butler for Christ but weren't sure exactly how to do that, maybe you already know how and you're doing that. That's awesome. But if you don't know how, this is a significant opportunity for you. And I, I don't want you to miss it. Here's how you can be involved. Very simple. Very simple sign up. There are, out there in the information desk, there, really, there, there are two places you can sign up. You can sign up either one of them, doesn't matter. We just are expecting so many of you to sign up, we didn't want to just have one pad, we wanted to have two. And, and we need people, yes, to have some building skills, but we also need people that don't have any skill. I know you're all thinking, just like me. and That's true, I don't have any building skill. But if you just want to make a difference, you can do that. If you can paint, If you can rake leaves, if you know how to use a shovel and a pick safely, if you can plant flowers, you're the person we're looking for. Those are the kind of people we need. We just need you to sign up and let us know you're interested. Certainly if you have building skills, we need to know that. If you can do framing, if you know how to hang drywall straight, we need that as well. And we just need you to sign up. There's actually a place on the form to just say, hey, here's the building skill that I, that I have. But if you don't have any, if you, if you can just take things from one place to the other, you saw the garage, stuff just needs to get moved. No problem. So here's my challenge to you. And, and let me tell you this, weekends or weekdays in the evenings, whatever you can do, we're going we're to be working down there really through May and June until the project is complete. Here's what I want to tell you. If you have a family with kids, get them down there. Get involved. If you're an older couple, yes, like me and my wife, and your kids are gone, get involved. If you have a life group and you're looking for a service project, get involved. If you're a teenager, maybe you're in your 20s and you've been wondering how you can make a difference in Butler, get involved. That's my encouragement to you by signing up. The other thing I'll tell you that we need is is finances. We're estimating about $15,000 to do this project. If you want to give to that, you can simply mark your offering envelope or your text giving or your online giving fishbone project, and we'll use the money for that. Thank you so much. Denny?
0: Sam, Come on down, brother. That's all right. I told, <coughs> I told the front row people, this is Splash Zone. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah, in yeah, yeah. You want your watch off? You're no, right. that's fine. All right. Fine. Yeah. Sam, why don't you turn this way? See, How yeah. long have you been a part of uh, Community Alliance Church? I've been coming here almost two years now. All right. Yeah, I started uh, bringing my daughter <laughs> I told her she was having troubles there, and I told her, you know, you need to find a place. You need to find a church somewhere where you can meet some good people, you know, and she did. She found here, and then I. Uh, she actually ended up getting me to pick her up and bring her here every Saturday or Sunday, and that's when I started coming here. You know, and then uh, I guess with her passing, you know about that. Yeah. It was just we came here, and you guys really didn't know us or anything, but it was just the, this, just your outpouring, just your love, and just everything you did for us was amazing. And I knew that I find a home. Amen. And uh, and so today, I want to say thank you to the Lord. For everything he's done for us and bringing me here and just, he's always been there for me, Amen. no matter what. So you, you know, Christ is your savior. Yes, I do. You want to follow him in baptism. Yes, I do. And when did you fully surrender to Jesus? Oh, uh, Fully? <laughs> 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 oh, it was maybe about three years ago, four okay. years ago, and I just was looking for a place. I've always thought about doing this and never did it, but I right. uh, find this place and this is where I want to do it. Amen. Well, we're glad you are today. So I'm going to ask you, where's your family, Sam, over there? Right. there? Yep. Okay going I ask you, hold your arms. Now you're gonna to have to help me here, brother. I know, man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't lost anybody yet. We'll
3: <laughs>
0: Sam, upon your confession of faith in Christ as Savior, and based on your desire to follow him in baptism, I'm absolutely thrilled to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Ah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Come on down, man. Come on. Mom, come stand beside her here. And we got Keith ready in the front row. This is the little gal I told you about a moment ago. All right, you stay there for a minute so everybody can see you because you're going to sink here in a moment. Where's Mom? Okay. You were baptized at Community Alliance, right? A long time ago. You ex- And that you accepted Christ, couldn't wait for the day, about the same age as when she accepted Christ, that we get to celebrate that fact today. So, Naveen, you know Christ is your Savior. Yes. And you want to follow him in baptism. Yes. When did you accept Jesus as your Savior?
1: September 18th.
0: Of last year, right? Mm -hmm. Right after service, she came walking up that aisle as confidently as possible. I want to accept Jesus as my Savior today. Yes. And we did, and you've been following him ever since. Yes. And you're going to continue to follow him. For the rest of your life, right? Yes. How old are you? Eight
3: years old. And what
0: grade are you in? Second grade. Where at? Northwest Elementary
3: School.
0: All right. So we're going to pray that God uses you there too in a really public and powerful way. Does everybody know how your name came about? Nevea is heaven backwards, right? Mm-hmm.
3: That's how I always introduce myself.
0: As heaven's backwards? All right. Come here. Turn this way. Where's mom? All right. Nice, mom. Cross your arms. All right. Pull you down here Nevaeh upon your confession of faith in Jesus as your Savior and based on your desire to follow him in baptism I'm thrilled to baptize you in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit Keith Keith come on in brother There you go. Keith, Ihoff, you have family here too, right? Yes. Got quite a few people out here. Yes. And you know Christ is your Savior. Yes. And you want to follow him in baptism, which indicates you're going to follow him the rest of your life. Yes. And uh, how long have you been to Community Alliance? Seven months. Seven months. And when did you accept Jesus as your Savior? It was in March of 1974, 43 years ago. And now you want to follow him in this public declaration. Yes. Why is that today here?
2: I've gotten more out of this place in seven months than I haven't been Roman Catholic for 24
3: regularly.
0: Well, it's glad to have you here.
3: And now I found a home and a real family to help me.
0: Amen. And you've got a lot of family here today to help celebrate with. You. Yes, I do. Amen. Let me turn you this way. They're all this side, right? So let me hold you this way, Keith. Cross your arms. Keith, upon your public confession of Jesus as your Savior, and based on your desire to follow Him for the rest of your life in baptism. I am honored to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're going to celebrate with them as well, and we're going to sing, and we're going to continue to remember them in prayer. If you've never accepted Christ's as your Savior, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. There are pastors at the end of the service that can make sure to help you in that process. If you have accepted Christ and have never been baptized, we'd love to celebrate it with you. Let us know, and we're also going to advertise this in the next few months so that we can do another celebration. But let us know that you're interested, and let us know what you've done. We want to celebrate with you.
3: And invite you all to please stand and join us as we celebrate together.